Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! Episode number 41 is locked, loaded, and live. I'm Tommy, Maddie P, and Seven are with me as always. <sighs> and it is spring training baseball in the air. It's beautiful. We're ready. We're lo- like I, I, I'm repeating myself, but Seven, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, aside from hearing that two of the better players on the Yankees are not doing well at all. So, you know, just enjoying the spring while it lasts. I'm with you there. Indians players getting banged up. Matty P, how are you? I'm good, man. Chilling. Um, little bummed about this Chris Sale news that his elbow's acting up again. But other than that, everything's good. Jordan said it best, and I think it was episode maybe one, honestly. It was early in the show. Uh, Chris Sale's arm held together famously by double-sided tape and uh, chewed up. What do you say? Uh, Big League Chew? Big League Chew. chew. Yeah. Big League Chew and double-sided tape. That's as Chris accurate Sales a arm. take as you could get right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so shout out to Hefe. Uh, want to apologize for missing last week. Everybody's schedules kind of got busy. Couldn't really find a time. Uh, that won't happen again. I think that's the only like the second or third time that we've missed a week in uh, the history of the show. Only the so, second time. The last time was last year in July during the All-Star break. So it was actually... Yeah, we, we took an All-Star break of our own. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's spring training for podcasters, too. So It is, yeah. Just, and we, you know, all, getting... we, we get five weeks paid vacation for this anyway, so... Yeah, that's use them, use them or lose them. I don't, exactly. know, wh- I don't know who did your contract negotiations, but <laughs> let me sign with your, your agent. Um, you know who else could probably sign with your agent? would be uh, Yaziel Puig, and among some other, not really big names, but recognizable names still on the market. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Puig should should have a team by now. If, you know, I'm looking at some of the players on these rosters, and I know it's spring training, but when I see Pablo Sandoval still on a big league roster, uh, it makes me wonder where Yaziel Puig is. And I know he's kind of a head case, but so, at some point I feel like tr- talent needs to trump all that shit, because he's still a productive player in the league. Agreed. He's definitely a productive player. Some I read somewhere, I heard somewhere, that, um, which was interesting, the Angels missed out on that Jock Peterson deal because that fell through, so they might be a team looking to add another outfielder. Um, I think Puy going there would be a heck of a fit. I don't know how true or accurate that is, but that's somewhere I'd, I think he'd fit in pretty well. Be interesting, if nothing else. Any other big names on the market that you guys see that like stands out that this guy doesn't have a home? Because there's not many for me. 
No, I think the only one that's like he's not a huge name, but I feel like he he always finds a way to get a one year deal, and it's usually I feel like it's always with the Twins. It's Urban Santana. Um, kind of surprised that he hasn't got any offers yet, or maybe he has, and no one's just reported that. But I feel like he's still a decent big league pitcher. He's not gonna blow you away by any means. I you know he's definitely not who he was five six years ago. But I I was still. If I'm if I'm a team like the Royals or one of these teams that like are the Tigers and just need to fill out a rotation, I would get I would probably give them a call as a stopgap solution. Just need innings. Um, so I'm, I'm not shocked, but you know it's it's worth noting. Maddie P, I'm gonna throw out a name to you, and I just want to know if if you were, let's just say a fringe team, if you'd take a flyer on him. All right. Twenty twenty six year old shortstop. Addison Russell. Um, yeah, I mean, why not? I, I'd bring him into spring and see how he looks, you know. I think that he's worthy of that. Um, I don't know if I'd throw a lot of money at him, you know, but a one-year deal uh, for short money. And if there was a need uh, at that position, you know, possibly. Um, I think Ellsbury, too, I know he's been injured half his career, but I would check in on him. I'd, I'd give him a shot, too, possibly. But other than that, yeah, there's not really too many names out there that do it for me. Yeah, Russell would be a guy. It'd be it'd be interesting to see a team kick the tire on him. But then I think you kind of run into the uh, Astros, we got Ozuna, we got Ozuna type of situation. Uh, I think it's it's different because I mean I I feel like Russell for what for whatever reason his story didn't go as public or mainstream as Ozuna. And at this point, you're probably giving him a minor league contract anyway with, you know, an opt-out clause after however many days. I don't think it would cause as much friction if it, if it were – and maybe I'm ignorant, but I just don't remember seeing so, so much about Russell compared to Ozuna. And maybe it's just based on, you know, the, the fact that Ozuna was traded, uh, knowing that they were getting someone who had that past and Russell was just kind of let go uh, and, you know, kind of quiet. But – I think at the very least, I agree with Matt. I, I don't love signing someone like that, but if he can be productive, then give him a shot. The other issue with him is that he's never really lived up to his billing, and he's I feel like he's never hit over 250. So um, I don't know. I just I think he's kind of a dud. But if you are a team that needs to fill out a roster and you see him available and his age looks good and he can still swing the bat for anything at all – probably take him as a minor league guy you know it's funny you mentioned him never hitting two over 250 because he's only hit 250 once and it was in 2018 (laughs) other than that 242 was his rookie year and that was the highest he's hit he'd hit besides that 20 2018 year so dustin hoffman shit right there fucking rain over here (laughs) if anything he's got something to prove at this point in his career if he wants to even have a chance to stick around for a while so i mean yeah, you know, it's, it's now and never. It's, it's it's weird to think because this guy was an all star in 2016. This is a guy that we thought was on the come up, and then just between the suspension or no, he was never suspended, was he? Uh, I think he was. Um, I feel like he was suspended because I don't remember seeing him at all after a certain amount of time. Um, so I want to say he was suspended by the Cubs. I don't know for sure, but I'm not going to say no. Um, 
But so, yeah, so suspended or not, he, he, he falls off because of suspension. all. The... Oh, okay. okay. Okay, so he, he serves his 40 and then just never the same after that. Because I'm guessing just by looking at his games played that it was in 2017 where he went or he only played 110. And then he played 130 last I year. Was tw- and I think it was eight. 2018. He played so 130 in 2018. It could have carried over. Yeah, it could have, it could have carried over. That's yeah. true. But, yeah, so, I don't know. Just Addison Russell is one of those guys that, like like you said, he has not materialized into what we thought he would be. All right, moving on from free agents uh, to the man that won't be a free agent for a long, long time, Christian Yelich, bred it up like chicken tenders. Eight years, $200 million, a ninth-year mutual option. Um. As our resident Brewers fan here, I love this. Christian Yelich is a dude. I love a small market team ponying up the cash to keep their guy. I am all in on Christian Yelich and all in on this move. Anybody want to fight me on it? I don't want to fight you, but I think this is way under market value for a guy like Yelich. And the only reason I say that you know, probably would have won the MVP last year had he not been injured. One or two years ago, in the prime of his career, you look at some of the deals all these other guys are getting around the league with Arenado, Stanton when he signed, um, and Yelich is far better than than uh, Stanton. But I think a lot of in Rendon, Bryce Harper, Machado, all these guys got way above what they're probably worth, and Yelich got way under what he was worth, in my opinion. Um, I love the move for the Brewers because they have a cost control guy now that they can keep in the fold for close to a decade. For And by the time that deal expires, who knows how the market's going to fluctuate. But the other issue that you have to remember now is, does this affect other free agents to be and other young outfielders who are trying to cash in? Because agents or teams can look at them and say, well, Yelich only got 200 over you know nine years. So I wonder how this affects the overall market in general now. So, this stood out to me as, um, I'm going to use Tom Brady as an example, but I don't mean it. Like a Tom Brady in sense of hometown discount. Like, Agreed. maybe he understands that Milwaukee isn't exactly going to pony up a ton of money, and they might not have the the payroll of a New York Yankees or you know, one of these bigger market teams. So they're willing, he's going to say, yeah, I'm going to be below value, but there's going to be money to go around with the team and put a winning team around me. That's a yeah. good point. That's that's actually, that's a really good point. And I guess when you think about it, because he's coming off another massive extension that he signed when he was super young. So he's actually just kind of had, you know, bird in hand both times now. And I'm sure he realizes by the time it's over, you know, um, when I'm 31, 32, am I really going to get this amount of money again? Or will I just cash in now while I'm in my prime and take the money and run? And so I get it from that standpoint. Matty P, like, what do you think? I like the move. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I do think it's kind of a hometown discount. Maybe he's happy there, comfortable there. I mean, maybe his family is happy there. Who knows? But I agree. I think he could have got more. Um, but it's a smart move by Milwaukee. I mean, they're getting this guy for another eight years and possibly nine. 
They have a good team, dude. I think they're going to have a sneaky, sneaky good team. Their rotation scares me a little bit, but I think on the offensive side, they, they're going to be a little bit of a force, a sneaky force. Um, so I like the move. I like what they're doing over there. Um, so yeah, I, I'm okay with it. Here's a question that I think needs to be asked, though. With Yelich taking this deal, how much money do you think they have to play around with the rest of their roster in years to come? In years to come, they have a shit ton more money now. Um, just based on how free agency, it's, there's no cap, so it's tough to predict. Like, There's no salary cap that they can increase or decrease. But just the way payrolls have increased over, you know, pretty exponentially over the years, the Brewers are in a great position now to actually build around something. And that was my biggest complaint with this team in the past is that they had no identity. They had Yelich in the full, but, you know, the question was always looming. When he hits free agency, he's gone. Uh, now that's not the case. Their pitching still sucks, and they've never addressed it, and they probably never will uh, based on how management spends their money. But that's my concern. Now you have all this extra, I guess, cushion to go out and build a team. You built your, your centerpiece. This is your guy, Yelich. So maybe they actually strengthen that rotation. If they don't, then this is just a waste of money. It's a poor investment if that's the case. They, um, if, if they lost Yelich, they'd be totally fucked. I mean, they have no one else to like build around, you know? So it was smart mm -hmm. um, from the Brewers' standpoint, obviously, to give him this contract. And, I mean, eight or nine years with Yelich, I, that gives them a lot of time to rebuild their rotation. I'm not sure how their farm system is, but... That's something to to look at um, over the next two or three years. But, yeah, you're right. Their rotation scares me. They have to improve that. How do you guys think this affects other superstars? And I'm, again, being, you know, a Cleveland guy, I'm going to throw out Francisco Lindor because this has invigorated uh, Cleveland fans, but because it's a small market team signing – you know, a guy for an affordable amount of money. But do you see this as a repeatable thing throughout the league, or do you think this be this is, ends up being a one-time crazy discount and, and Milwaukee gets a steal? Matty P, what do you think? Um, that's a good question. That's a real good question. I don't I don't know if it'll affect the market really. Um, you look at someone like Mookie who's trying to get like over four hundred million, um, something crazy. He'll probably get it from someone. Um, so no, I don't think it'll affect the market. I do think you're right in a, in the sense that, you know, he got a discount or he, the Brewers got a discount at this price for him. Um, but I think every situation is unique, whether a guy's been somewhere, whether he's comfortable there, uh, things outside of baseball, uh, that probably factor into it too. So, you know, maybe he's happy to, to take somewhat of a discount just to stay maybe, you know, where he wants to stay. I, I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see, especially after this year, uh, if it does affect it. I don't think it will, though. Seven, your thoughts? I think it affects it. I think when it comes down to it, it's a business. And agents want to bargain. and um, Or not bargain, but they want to barter with the front office and say, well, my guy plays this position. Look what XYZ got. We want something comparable to that. This kind of throws a monkey wrench into that. And, and Matt, I think Mookie will get paid by someone because someone will fall in love with, you know, the fact that they can market Mookie bets on their team. And that's another part of it. 
but small market teams now this kind of invigorates them i kind of like how you said that tommy with teams like the indians who are good teams and steady and consistent who have a superstar player in the fold maybe this actually switches the dialogue a little now in negotiations to say look what yellish just did for his team and you're still getting money it's not like we're shortchanging you by you know another 200 million but at the same time it it keeps them financially secure it allows them to kind of pull that money in other areas so i think it affects the market based on the small market teams but also the players that play for those small market teams i i think there's always going to be outliers like mookie Betts and machados and harpers who just want to get the most money wherever they go and that's fine and we still haven't seen what mookie's going to do i mean he got traded so tough to say he had a, t a ton of control over that but I think when it comes down to it, it, it is going to help a lot of the small, some uh, the smaller market teams. So, um, the Milwaukee, Cleveland's, Chicago's, the White Sox, um, Kansas City's, who knows? But this at least opens the door a little bit for more realistic expectations for those smaller clubs now. So, do you think someone like Lindor is texting Yelich like, "Dude, what the fuck"? <laughs> no, I don't think that. I don't think that's again. I don't think the players are the ones that. They're not the ones that are negotiating. They are to an extent with their agent, but their agent's the one they pay to, you know, by by and large, get them the best deal that they can. Of course, yeah. Um, so when you look at a deal like this with Yelich and Yelich, uh, I mean, who knows what happened? And he could have just loved Milwaukee and didn't want to leave and wants to finish his career out there, or he could have looked at it like, well, you know, am I really going to get paid this this much again in, you know, however many years when I'm deemed too old at 31, 32, or whatever the, the cutoff is now. Um, so I think it was just a tricky spot. And I think in the end, it, it proves that small market teams can negotiate under the right circumstances, but they have to be smart about it. And this was a home run for the Brewers. I'm just concerned with what they're actually going to do now, knowing that they have that flexibility with their payroll moving forward. Yeah, I'm worried about what they're going to do with that flexibility too, because, you know, like you said way back, uh, Matt, the rotation it, it's it more it's more scary in terms of uh, I don't know than it's you know striking fear into teams. So, I I, I think you got to reinvest it into some pitching. I don't know what their um, their farm system looks like in terms of young pitchers, but it's got to be. Jim. <laughs> he got breaded up too. He got fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good Tony Romo reference. Um, but you gotta look at, you know, all the factors surrounding it, and man, I just I don't want to see Christian Yelich have a wasted career. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. No, I understand that. The other issue you got to run it that you could run into now if you're the Brewers is you're paying your the best player on your team this much money for the next decade or eight years, whatever it is. Uh, who's to say another free agent comes along that is interested in playing with Yelich now and demands more money? How does that make it? How do, how do you feel if you're Christian Yelich knowing that you took a discount, but let's say for the sake of argument. Mm. Um, Let's say Machado. I mean, I, I know it can't happen because he's... I don't know why in. Machado was the name that came into my head, but he was too. I'm thinking of greedy guys, and he's he's just... he's He strikes me as an asshole, so I just use him. He strikes me as a look-at-the-number look at kind of yeah. guy. Yeah, and 
But I the market like changes over time. I mean, I no, feel but like prices true. just go up. The market changes, but at the same time, it's. I think Yelich knows that he's a top five player in the league. And if someone who is good but not as good as him comes into the fold, and let's say it's the next year or two that wants to play with him, I feel like that sets off a little bit of a, I don't want to say jealousy issue, but it's definitely, it has something to do with ego at the end of the day. And I feel like the Brewers have to navigate that carefully moving forward because it will happen where teams are going to want... It's not like the NBA where they, they plan these super teams years in advance, but it will happen when guys want to play with each other on the same team to build a, a winner, and that's something that you have to keep in the back of your mind. It's a small thing to think about now, but w- until it actually happens and dicks are on the table, then who knows what actually goes on in those talks and how it makes the other guy feel on the other end. If Yelich did didn't get... Wait, ta- whoa, whoa, whoa. did you say dicks are on the table? Yeah, you know, <laughs> dick, dick measuring contest. That is the first time I've heard that. All right. Anyway, sorry. You were saying, uh, Maddie P. Um, if Yelich didn't get paid enough, where was like where was his agent in in this negotiation? You know what I mean? If he's under if he's undervalued here. Well, I think it comes back to the point where Yelich looks at it right now as I want to make the most money I can right now in my prime, knowing that by the time I hit free agency, I won't be worth this amount of money. Right. Um, but. But that's also because of the way his career has gone with certain contracts that he's received already. So just the way it was going to break up, I think he said, fuck it, I'll just do it now. Get breaded up and play it out. Because it's not like $200 million is nothing. It's not it's insignificant. A nice it's a payday. And he's in fucking Milwaukee. I can't imagine it's like living in L.A. or San Francisco or New York or Boston. So... Uh, it's definitely gonna help him survive. Sorry, I thought I thought you were a- adding on to that. I thought there was no. another point to that. <laughs> I thought we lost him actually. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the music. <laughs> oh, I definitely thought there was you know, like survive, and yeah. So, it, but it was just that was the end of the point. <laughs> no, that was the end. Just sometimes he's got to survive. It's a screeching halt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there, I, there, I forget what comedian it is. There's a comedian, and he's like, I feel like he should have to say end of sentence at the point <laughs> when he <laughs> has to survive end of sentence. <laughs> end of thought. <laughs> end of thought. Um, all right, so transitioning to new thought. Um, you mentioned it at the top, Seven. The health of the New York Yankees, and I think it's um, – not just the Yankees, but a lot of other teams are experiencing players getting banged up uh, early in the spring as we just hit this, the halfway point of spring training yesterday, which, wow, that seems quick. Yep. But um, it, it, are there more players getting banged up than than normal? I don't know about that. I just – and maybe I, it's because I'm so locked in on the news from my team that I see – and it's just, it feels like just a nightmare occurring now where almost every fucking year I just expect massive injuries to hit before the season starts. Um, but the fact that it keeps happening, and you mentioned the Indians are getting banged up. Sale is another good example who seems to be like chronically injured. I don't know why they just didn't have surgery last year. I mean, it's, it's a great question for a lot of these guys. I, James Paxson is another good example. He complained about back stiffness 
back in November and waited till February to get it, you know, yeah. surgically repaired. Um, it begs the question, what the fuck are these guys doing in the offseason? And why aren't these contracts ironclad by saying you can do nothing but sit on this couch and watch TV? Do not go dirt biking. Do not play basketball. Do not, like, basically do not do anything that we sit would Sit on deem. your couch, but, re- but come to camp in shape. Yes. Come to ca- Got it. Yeah, come to camp in shape. Got it. Uh, I mean, you can still do curls and shit. <laughs> do some burpees in the living room. <laughs> oh, man. Watch some Tybo tapes. Tybo, I was just thinking. Oh, <laughs> Tybo, huh? Little, little Ty- I was Michaels. like, is Tybo still a thing? <laughs> yeah, have it, get a, a Peloton. P90X. Oh, a little P90X, see? I mean, look at all these workouts they can do in their home. Little Richard Simmons. But then again, oh. home isn't safe either, because look at Carlos Correa last year break, breaking a rib. Look at Blake Snell. Look at Blake Snell, yeah. <laughs> uh, Don't Jesus pick on Christ. Blake Snell. Basically... What did you say? Don't pick on Blake Snell. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, now with the with Chris Sale being hurt, the Yankees pitching banged up. I mean, it solidifies the Rays to win the division, pretty much. That's uh, not going. I'm not going. I was that say, we have a lot of baseball to be played before we <laughs> solidify a, a division being uh, decided on March third. Garrett Cole just <laughs> entered the chat. Right. <laughs> oh boy. But, but yeah, man, regardless, there are a lot of big injuries coming up right now, and it seems like a couple of them are fr- stemming off of previous concerns. I mean, you know, the Chris mm-hmm. Sale one is huge. You know, mm-hmm. he had that, this elbow issue last year. They shut him down. Oh, no, he doesn't need surgery. Now, look, I mean, you know, someone like that, you, you invest a lot of money in. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe they should have done it back then. And Severino, said, you know same thing. He was, he was bitching about his forearm issue uh, back in October. And Boone said that, and they didn't do anything about it. They just said, do nothing. Um, so I guess that plan backfired, but... Exactly. It seems like doing nothing doesn't work. So Maybe not. I mean, so I don't know what twist. the answer is. Yeah, plot twist. I was wrong, but... <laughs> oh, I, I meant plot twist. Doing nothing does not help. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the reality is, I don't know if it's the training staffs, uh, the players not wanting to admit that they're not healthy or calling back page masseuses for Carlos Correa, moving furniture while you're slicked up like a fucking seal if, if you're Blake Snell. Um, I don't know what the issue is, but it seems like the injury bug seems to hit earlier and earlier each year. And at some point, they should probably just have a regiment in place that everyone follows because this is getting fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I and like I don't know. The Indians it's it, for the Indians it's been exclusive to pitchers, which is just weird to me. Like the injury bug is only biting pitchers it seems. Yeah, I think well the pitchers thing I wonder and there's we should do a deep dive on this and maybe I can do a deep dive on it another time, but when you think about the pitchers injuries since the pitch count and innings limit and all this shit went into effect I wonder if they're baby them, they're babying them too much to the point where they're not allowing them to get into a rhythm because they stop them before they can actually feel um, mm. comfortable. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Like if you're if you're trained to this point where you can only throw X amount of pitches and only X amount of innings, but your body still has that tendency to want to push it further. By stopping like that and taking five days off in between, I wonder if that has anything to do with it on like the human body and the physiology. 
Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something that is for someone smarter than me to figure out. Oh, definitely smarter oh. than me. I like I'm just throwing that idea out there. For me to actually do that research, um, I don't feel like going back to school to get a PhD and then taking years to publish that. So I'll let someone with a bigger brain than me do that and more resources. Likewise. But, you know, that's a it's an it's a good hypothesis. You know what? We'll run that through the scientific method. We'll see what comes out. Yes. All right, last thing of the day. Uh, Alex Rodriguez today on a spring training broadcast on ESPN uh, saying, quote, I served the longest suspension in MLB history. It cost me well over $35 million, and you know what? I deserved that. This was in reference to comments about the Astros players and them not being suspended, and he goes on to say the Astros deserve whatever comes their way. Um, so... Before we dig deep into this, Seven, we were looking at uh, Alex Rodriguez's Twitter, and he has a uh, a phone number in there. So you want to text him and see if we can just get some clarification on these comments? Yep. I'll, I'll read it out because he put, he put it on Twitter. So if anyone else wants to text him, it's uh, 305-690-0485. Do I send the subtext? Oh, he has an Android. He's got a green number. Wow. Oh, what a stiff. No way. Miami area code. Oh yeah, Mr. Three Hundred Five. I, I mean, he's living in, living with with uh, with J Lo, so it makes sense. <laughs> but like, a fucking Android? Come on, A Rod, you're better than that. Yeah, is he this, has the money. He. I'm texting him. Is this A Rod? <laughs> She's texting you up. <laughs> oh, okay, it's not him. Well, I mean, we knew that, but what the fuck did it just send me to? <laughs> I'm so glad that you volunteered to do this because I was going to do this and you were like, I'll text him. And now your phone's got a virus. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't, I'm not putting my information in here at all. It's asking me for my first name, last name, birthday, city, email, my gender hey, identity. So security number. Yeah. All this and you can talk to Aira. Fuck this. I'm all not- right. So th- that's not worth it. But let's go back to his actual comments. Um, number one, A-Rod did deserve suspension, clearly. So, obviously, like, like, it's cool that he's owning up to it, but, like, uh, you think? Like, (laughs) (laughs) now, for the Astros, I don't, I don't hate that he, like, the way he phrased it, that they deserve what they have coming to him, and that's from a guy in the Brotherhood. Yep. What did he mean by that, you think? Getting hit by pitches? I'm sure that had something to do with it. I think it's just like and the probably, all-encompassing, like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. The way fans are talking to him, um, I'm guessing, you know, I mentioned the Brotherhood. I'm guessing the Brotherhood's kind of looking down on these guys right now. Yeah. I agree. Big time. So, As they should. In that... In the, yeah, absolutely, as they should. So in that regard, um, I wonder, like, how much that's affecting them. You know what I mean? It's going to take a toll, dude. I'm telling you. All year of this shit, they're going to be, every ballpark they go to, it's going to be chaos, and it's going to be awesome to watch. The and fact that it's happening in spring training. Oh if they're God. not getting suspended or 
you know, nothing. This is a, they deserve this, you know, at least. I think, uh, I think it's clear from that quote that A-Rod wanted them to be suspended and thinks they deserve mm-hmm. to be suspended. Actually, hold on a second. Let's, let's back up. Let's flip, flip to another topic off this real quick. How about Trevor Bauer yesterday? If you didn't see it, Monday afternoon, Trevor Bauer uh, playing the Dodgers in a spring training game, out there tipping his pitches from the mound, four straight pitches, just let the hitter know, fastball, fastball, change up, curveball. And number one, outstanding troll. Yep. Number two, still got swings and misses on three of the four pitches. Good for him. He beat the I system. love that attitude. Lastly, I saw it. I, I saw. I was reading through the comments on it. Um, it was, and this one guy goes, "It's a perfect win-win for Bauer because if you win, or if they absolutely tater you, you go, yeah, see how easy it is to hit when you know something what's coming. And if you blow it by guys like he did, you can go, well, that's just how nasty I am. You can know they can know right. what's coming, and they still can't sniff it." Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a compelling, it is a compelling win-win uh, scenario, as Michael Scott would say. It's not a win-win-win, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, Bauer's becoming one of my favorite players to follow, and I never thought I'd say that. It's just, it's amazing how consistent he's been this whole offseason, and now spring training, just dialing it up even more. I wish, I don't know if, it, if it's going to happen, but I wish the Reds could play the Astros so he could pull this shit with them, too. I don't think they do, but I'm going to check. Because that, would, that, be would, be that would just be amazing. Like, that imagine if you pulled Jose Altuve, like, there's a fastball low and away right now. And just watch that. Good. Well, him and Bregman had beef uh, going way back. Oh, yeah. So, then you add in the the cheating aspect of it and boy oh boy would that get spicy that would be habanero spicy yes, oh, it looks like they play it looks like they play the nl west so ah, well we tried. soon enough soon enough we tried to talk it into existence which i mean we tried <laughs> um because i really don't want to see that beat of the world series with the astros in it after this shit so Maybe in another year. They play the Diamondbacks, the Nationals, the Marlins, and the Braves. What is, what a weird schedule. Like, why do they just play the Diamond? They play the Diamondbacks twice. Because Who they does? have hurt feelings and want to give them an easy, fucking stretch. The Reds. What a weird. No, the, the, no, the, the Astros. Sorry, the Astros. I got. You. What a weird schedule. It's- the Rays play the Marlins twice every year. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a huge the rivalry. in-state thing. The Indians, the Indians yeah, play yeah. the Reds twice, so I might get another look at at Bauer in person this year, which I'm a fan of. That'd be dope. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, it's always a pleasure to watch him pitch. Gentlemen, quicker episode this week. Any closing thoughts? No, just that I wholeheartedly agree with A Rod, and I think that. The Astros should be ready. They should go up to the plate expecting to be hit or brushed off. And that's what they deserve if they didn't get suspended. 
this is how they're going to have to play the whole fucking season. I can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be awesome yeah. to watch. That's going to be awesome to watch right. them get berated every ballpark they go to. And, hey, man, we're only a little over, like, three weeks until opening day. So, it'll be here before we that's, know it. It's fucking beautiful. I know. Um, SeatGeek question. The SeatGeek question for both of you as we close the show today. Uh, promo or SeatGeek app, put in promo code BREAKDOWN, get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Um, what team has surprised you in spring training? The Marlins. You took my answer. Really? Well, uh, <laughs> dude, they've been looking good. I know this is like a lot. The games don't count. It's just it's an instructional thing. They're just trying to get into a rhythm. But the Marlins' young players have looked really good um, on both sides, pitching and and hitting and defense. Everything has been very good for that team. Way better than I expected. Uh, so I'm not a fan by any means, but I'm pleasantly surprised if I'm a Marlins fan. Interesting. Matty P, you're going the same way? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, the Padres are uh, playing awesome as well. I think they're 9-1 and one, last mm-hmm. I looked. But, yeah, man, the Marlins seem to have a little bit of swag down there, a little cocky attitude with all these young kids. And that's why I'm a fan of building young teams like this. Um, you know, if you have a, a happy clubhouse with a lot of personality, uh, which a lot of people don't know these guys, but I think they'll they'll learn some names this year. Yep. Um, they could be scary sneaky. So, I mean, a lot of times spring training success, it, it can trickle into the season. So it'll be interesting to watch. Mm. Um, this is 100% a gut reaction, but I watched the Giants play the Rockies the other night, and the Giants just absolutely mashed the ball all over the yard. So that's my answer. Uh, Rockies actually swung it well that game as well. So um, maybe I shouldn't put too much stock into it, just a good hitting night. But, yeah, so that's our SeatGeek question, and that has been our show. Uh, thanks to SeatGeek, and thanks to all of you for listening. Until next time, I'm Tommy7. Matty P was also in the building. Thank you for listening. Till next time, see ya. everybody cries. Everybody hurts. Sometimes. Sometimes everything is wrong